Hey, this is Jim. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Today, I've got a guest, Mr. Ben Horton. He's going to join us here momentarily. And I had so much fun interviewing him. He's got a beautiful wife, three lovely daughters, and he's been able to be home thanks to his exploding Amazon business that's taken off. He's doing really, really well. Now, here's an example of a guy who's doing private label. He's come through our coaching program. He's got his own products and they're doing well. He's also got some PPP, proven product partnering strategies going on. And that's simply, as we'll describe more in this episode, where you help other brands get on Amazon and you get paid a percent for having done so. He's making some good money from that as well. He did about $300,000 of business in 2020. He shares with us on this show at about a 36% margin. So he's got a really nice business. He used to be in ministry full-time and this has kind of replaced that for him to where he's still able to do the things he's passionate about. He's got the flexibility, he's home with his family and he's got the, the freedom to do the things that he wants to do when he needs to do them. It's just a beautiful success story. And I'm so proud that uh, he started his journey of e-commerce through the Proven Amazon course, which you'll hear him talk about. That link will be in the show notes at silentgym.com, of course, for a course which has helped so many people get started building successful businesses online. And he also came through, like I mentioned, our coaching program, jimcockramcoaching.com. And if you're interested in talking to us about maybe helping you grow your business, we'd love to bring you on board as our next student if it's a good fit. So give us a call. Love to talk to you about it. Information is on jimcockramcoaching.com. This is one of those episodes that we turned on the cameras. We have a guest. So if you're watching on YouTube, you already know that. But if you're listening, we do have links in the show notes to our YouTube versions of our show as well. If you want to come watch and see us talking and interacting, that's cool. But if you're listening only, which is the vast majority of the people who watch our show are listeners only, actually, who listen to our show, we love having you here as well. But for those on YouTube, quick note, remember most episodes aren't on YouTube. So go to silentgym.com and you can see the rest of our great shows with all of our good guests and the interviews that we do. This is a good long episode full of practical ideas, practical strategies. We didn't talk a whole lot about replens today. We've had a nice long run of replen success stories with our episodes. Today, we're talking private label and PPP, proven product partnering and a guy with multiple income streams. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. Hey, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, we would sure appreciate any feedback that you want to give us. A thumbs up, subscribe. And if you didn't realize it, if you want to get a a heads up notice, anytime we have a new episode, you can go to silentgym.com slash updates. And you can get the free app called Telegram. And the only thing we use it for is to send you updates about new podcast episodes and an occasional announcement or two, maybe along the way, if it's interesting to you. It's free. You can drop off anytime you want, but it's a good way to get notices when our new episodes do pop out there. Okay. God bless you, Business Building Warrior. Let's jump over and get Mr. Ben Horton on the line right now. So Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, excited to be here, Jim. You and I talked a little bit offline. Tell me what you were just sharing about uh, this podcast and your history with it. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, my journey really began back in, uh, I, I know the date because it's when I purchased pack, uh, which is how I got involved with this group and with you and all that. And, um, I actually didn't know there was a Facebook group. I didn't know there was a podcast. So I kind of came in in a different way, but it was, it was May 12th, 2019. So what is that about? About a year and a half ago. Right. Yeah. As we're recording. Right. Yeah. But just, you know, this podcast for me, once I figured out about it, you know, I listened to it, to it going to work and coming home from work every single day, which really, really helped me, you know? So, you know, I really hope that, you know, as we talk today that, uh, it just encourages those that are kind of where I was as they are continuing their business journey. So yeah. yeah, and that's what kind of prompted you were you'd sent me a message on Facebook Messenger and uh told me a little bit about your story. And I said, Hey, interested in the podcast? And you said if it'll help someone else out the way it helped me. Absolutely. Right. I just I love that response, man. Sometimes people are a little nervous to get on the show, and not so much because of the nerves of being on a podcast, but will my employer find out or you know, I'm not quite ready to have people know who I am and my business. And I understand all those reasons. But when someone's like, hey, yeah, I'd love to, to contribute to, to this community that's given me so much, 
That's a that's a great heart behind that answer too. I love it, and I'm so glad you're joining us today, Ben. Yeah. Um, so let's continue your story. I want to hear more about uh, the journey that started here a little over a year and a half ago. Yeah. So I was in ministry, uh, vocational ministry for 11 years. Uh, I was in the business world before that, and really just had a heart for helping start churches around the country. So my wife and I have done that for you know 11 years, and uh, you know we loved it. You know, my last stint was with a larger church organization, being a uh, church consultant, uh, helping helping churches continue to do the great ministry they're doing. And so I traveled a lot, loved it. Um, I'm very entrepreneurial minded. So, you know, I love systems. I love building teams, that kind of thing. So, so that was really fun. Um, but just always had this wrestling inside of me, really, since I was people that knew me when I was younger, probably since I was in high school, I always wanted to own my own business. But finally felt like it was the right time for me to start doing something on the side. And so, I, you know, it was just through a couple of random conversations that I knew that you could sell product on Amazon and, and specifically like ship it in to Amazon. So I'd never heard of FBA. I didn't know what that meant. So I just, you know, got on the internet, started just kind of Googling, learning about like, what is FBA? What is it? You know, that kind of thing. Then I just started looking up courses and I knew, I knew that's the direction I wanted to go. Cause I've just learned that like the best investment, I've heard you say this, the best investment you can have is in yourself. And so I just knew like, if I could go find a course, you know, something to get me going, um, it would just speed things along for me. So started doing research, saw several different courses, but yours just kept popping back up on the screen. And, um, and so Ended up taking the plunge. I bought pack. And uh, I remember watching about 30 minutes of videos on May 12th. And it was dinner time. So I went downstairs and I looked across the table and my wife in the eyes and I had tears in my in my face. And I looked at her and I said, I'm going to do this and I, it's going to work. Wow. Yeah. What was behind that emotion, man? Fill me in. I want to know what was going on there. I think I finally like got a just a small taste and done enough research to know that like there was, there was something that I could, I could learn, I could grow and build, I could do it on the side and then it could become something that I could do full time at some point. And it kind of hit all my wirings, you know, I'm a systems guy, I'm a builder. So I love building from the ground up. And so, but I don't know, you know, I'm, Obviously, you know, being in ministry, you know, I believe in God's leading for so many different things in our life. And so for me, I just really felt like I was being prompted that, hey, you got the green light to go start a business because I had tried in the past and it just it just never felt like I was supposed to I was really supposed to focus on the ministry I was doing. And so this is the first time I felt that. And that's great. What was your wife's response? Was she on board pretty fast or did she, did she have to come around or what was the, how'd that go? Yeah. She's always been very supportive. You know, we're, we communicate really well, you know, we're just super transparent. And I just said, Hey, listen, I said, cause it was May. I said, Hey, will you give me seven months in this year? Will you just let me burn the midnight oil and work hard, you know, take out a little bit of family time between now and seven months, you know, we'll be really clear on what that's going to look like. Mm. Will you just carry an extra boulder for an extra seven months while I work hard on this? Now, wow. if it doesn't work after seven months, we'll reevaluate and, and go from there. That's so good. Oh, man, that's incredible. I love that. Seven months. Give me the rest of the year. and Yeah, just give me seven months. Yeah. It's, it's and that so, very intense focused effort that I like to talk about like, because it is there is some sacrifice in there. You know, now you could have probably gotten to where you are now had you drugged that out over three years. It would have taken longer and it would have been less interruption time. And that's a very valid strategy as well. But the intense focused effort, there's so much momentum you can get from that of like, I'm going to go in, go serious, go deep, go hard. And it doesn't take seven months. I would guess, you haven't told me this part of your story yet, but I would guess within 30 to 60 days, you kind of knew you were onto something. It's hard to burn that hard for seven months. First two weeks, I knew that I was on to something. And, um, you know, I decided, you know, that I literally, I wrote my goals down for the, for those seven months on a board and a, a vision board. And then, and I didn't know what I was shooting for. I just put numbers on there that I could try to shoot for. I needed a goal. I'm a sure. goal guy. So okay, had that. And then at the very bottom, I wrote, when it gets hard, uh, I keep fighting. 
And I wrote that in big, bold letters. And then I, I cut out a little picture of my family and stuck it on the side of there. And, and so like, I, I literally had it in the room that I worked from every morning and I just sat in there. I had to see it every day. And, um, and so I, you know, I had been waking up probably about, I don't know, six thirty probably most, you know, while I was working. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to wake up at five. You know, I'm just going to suck it up, wake up at five. And so I did, I woke up at five. I worked for an hour and a half, two hours before I went to work. I listened to podcasts to work. That's all I did for five, seven months was literally podcast to work. Probably halfway through that, I realized you could actually double time it. <laughs> you could speed it up. That's you right. Speed it up. You could speed it up. So There's a little, yeah, most podcast listening apps now have that. And even the YouTube viewing, you can speed it up. And, and it makes, I try to laugh a little deeper knowing and that some people are doing that. So I don't sound like a little squirrel when I laugh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a neat feature. You can get through a lot of content that way because our ability to hear is yes far better than the human voice's ability to speak. <laughs> yeah. You can download content so much faster, you know? Exactly. But I would, I would literally sit in my car if I got to work and I would finish all the podcasts, you know, my AirPods in like walking into work and, and so then on the way home, I'd listen to them. We live in, in north of Atlanta. So, you know, there's obviously lots of traffic here. So, you know, it was like 35 minutes to mute one way. Right. Eight lanes both ways going through Atlanta, man. You got to, that's Indiana boys. When we want to go to Florida, you always pay attention to what time are you going to hit Atlanta? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, so I did that. And then, you know, basically 5.30 to 7.30 was like a no zone. That was family time, dinner time, kid time, get them down. And then... You know, sometimes I would work from eight to 10. And then on Saturdays, I'd usually work, you know, maybe half the day, just depending on what, what was going on that weekend. So, you know, we had to do a lot of touch and goes, you know, my wife kind of held, held the extra, extra ball, you know, for that season. And, you know, we just communicated a lot. And so I was about two weeks in and I was like, man, I really feel like I could go faster. And, and what I started with, I, I, I didn't know what direction I want to go. I remember seeing the pyramid of like, do I want to do like, you know, uh, garage sales? Do I want to do books? Do I want to do retail arbitrage, you know, online arbitrage, wholesale, you know, private label. And so, dude, you just, you just nailed it. <laughs> did I, I don't, yeah, I, I think I looked at that chart so much. I haven't looked yeah. at it in time, but like, I remember looking at it and going, okay, well, I know I'm not wired to do this. I don't think I would enjoy that. And so I just decided, hey, I'm going to start with, I got a ton of books. I was in seminary years ago. We still have books laying around. I'm just going to figure out what it's like to send books into Amazon with FBA versus doing merchant fulfilled. So, th so that way, I just kind of understood the system, the process. So I started with that. At the same time, I just start like doing some test products and stuff like that. And so kind of realized that I wanted to go the possibly wholesale, but probably private label way, just because I'm, I know that's at the top. But for me, I'm very creative. I have a lot of graphic design background. So like for me, I just, you know, marketing was my undergrad. So like I just, I really kind of latched onto that. You felt comfortable very quickly in that arena. You're a good candidate for it. Yeah, I know that's not ideal for most people. Sure. But for me, it was just the right fit. And actually I ended up talking to, is it, is it Jim Cooper? Yeah. Uh, Coop, yeah. 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 So I ended up talking to him about coaching pretty, pretty early on, like okay. the first the first like month and um, got paired up with, with the coaching program. My first test products, they didn't work. They just didn't work. And I gave myself permission in the beginning to fail. I was okay with that. I knew that was part of the process. And I knew it was a mindset that I just had to be okay with that. If I just had to learn. And I learned from every single one of those failures, I learned something new to apply to, you know, the next thing I was going to try. And so I just, I just hit the ground running, started finally getting some traction on some products. Let me ask you a question um, before we move forward. What yeah. were the costs of those early failures? Oh, they were like $100 here, $100 there. Like, you know, man, if I can say anything to anybody who's even, maybe they're a seasoned seller or they're new and they think they want to do private label, it literally, you, I still, I still test things very small. Yes. Before I spend any money. Um, I, I don't want to say you're a fool, but I think you're a fool if you don't do it that way. Yeah. Well, you're, you're ignoring the obvious opportunity. That's right. Right. Like why, why, why risk, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of dollars if you don't have to, when it just, it doesn't take much to test it, you know, mm -hmm. 
Um, so, you know, if you just gave me a book title idea and someone might steal this, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. <laughs> someone needs to write this book. It's a two, it's two words that we have the unique pleasure and opportunity of being able to enjoy that no other time in human history with those with an economic been, been able to explore. Up until all, all of human history, up until about 15 years ago, if you wanted to launch a business, I'm in extreme risk, a lot of money, blood, sweat, and tears, probably going to fail. If you even make it to the launch point, your competitors are going to devour you very quickly after that. It was just a, a brutal thing to try to survive as a business. And even you, you read the, the statistics about businesses, the odds of making it long-term are just abysmal. What changed about 15 years ago? Two words change the whole outlook. And if the person you're listening to doesn't embrace these two words, and I've never put up this strongly before, but it just came to me super clear as we were talking, Ben, it's test small. Test small was never possible before. Now you could be small out of necessity and you could grow slowly out of necessity. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about testing potentially multi-million dollar concepts that could take off a few days from now and be huge but you only got to test small. Test small is the title of the book. It's, it's the concept. If the person you're listening to isn't talking about testing small, you're listening to the wrong business advice. And I would challenge even the you know, Harvard School of Business, put me in a debate with the, the head of the department and I will bury him. If he's not teaching test small concepts, I'll bury him with example after example after example of people who tested a few 10, 20, $50 ideas and built a massive household brand versus the traditional route of blood, sweat, tears, years, money, risk of failure right out of the gate. Um, there's, it's just not necessary anymore. So that may be the most important thing you've said so far. It really struck a chord with me, especially. Test small. And that even goes with the, how you're educating yourself. Don't go rolling $30,000 and don't, don't write big checks. Don't big, spend big amounts of money on anything anywhere ever. It's just not necessary anymore doesn't slow you down at all to test small. Yeah. So that's my soapbox moment. No, that's awesome. You're 100% right. And I think that part of that process too is sometimes people have a hard time even with $50 or $100 like like they have trouble like letting that go and and I think you just you have to be okay with that. Again, you have to let yourself be okay with failure because it's not really failure. You're actually learning something in the process. You know, it's just like the, the old story of, you know, Thomas Edison, you know, took him 999 tries, you know, that he, he failed 999 times to make the light bulb, but someone asked him, how did it feel to fail? I love it. That's such a great example. Yeah. He persisted yeah. in failing, but you know what the difference between an inventor who's failing and it's, it's a small difference, but I think it's significant and worth mentioning and a business builder or an investor who's failing an inventor versus an investor, if you will, just from a purely biblical vantage point, let's say, or just from those of us who embrace the relational side of business, an inventor can be in his basement by himself, failing over and over and over again. And at the end of the day, if all he has is failures, he hasn't accomplished anything. True, really, possibly, if he walks away and he's just had a series of failures. As a business builder, however, a series of failures, you actually do have something because you're establishing relationships as you go. You're on the phone with people. You're partnering together. It's the difference between gambling and investing. Investing is a biblically endorsed activity, yeah. even though it's risky. Some people might say, well, what's the difference between going to Vegas, putting $1,000 on the roulette wheel versus starting a business that has a 50% odds of failing? Aren't they both the same? No, they're not. Because in gambling, one party wins, one party loses. The relationship is destroyed eventually over time. In business, the relationship is enhanced. So these little failures, these micro failures, if you're involving other people, you're doing it even like with your wife, with the coaching partner that you're working with, with the supplier that you're considering using, the relationships are growing over time. You're in it together. You're trying to win. You win together, you lose together. So even those little micro failures are building a trail of relationships that you can lean on. I'm kind of hoping you have an example for me to use because I don't know your full story, but did any of those early failures lead to a relationship that led to a later success by any chance? Putting you on the spot. It's okay if, yeah. you did, if they didn't, but... The people you met along the way, even your coaches. Yeah, I'm sure it's totally happened for sure. You know, one of my early ones was I found a product that I was trying to do a PPP, you know, which is, you know, proven product partnering and no one had reached out to them. And, you know, so I got a little test of it. You know, they said, Hey, we'll give you exclusive to try it on Amazon. 
they weren't having success. I tried it. It didn't work. But that opened the door later. I, I do a proven product partnering now with a guy who I'm doing very well with, you know, in addition to my, my main business. So what is proven product partnering on that little, that pyramid we drew earlier? Like what does it have to do with what we're talking about for the people who don't know what we're talking about when we say PPP? Yeah. So it, what's great about it is you don't assume the risk of, of owning the product, all that you're, you're basically getting paid to help them market their product on Amazon. And then you get paid, you work out a, a deal where you get paid on the sales of that product. Um, so w- when they win, you win and you don't win until they win. And so it's, it's really a beautiful thing because there's, there's no risk except for you, you know, talk about investment. Your investment is, is not, you know, financially, it's just time. Like the worst thing you could do if it didn't work is that you gave up some time, but you didn't necessarily give up, you know, money. So, right. And neither did they. Right. Right. I mean, sometimes we'll charge an upfront fee. Right. Right. Beautiful thing is it allows you to, to, uh, to be diverse in your Amazon accounts. Cause some people are nervous. Like, Oh, what if Amazon shuts down my account? My Amazon business is over. Well, no, that's not true. But setting that aside, if you are suspended 95% of the time you get reinstated and you still know how to find great inventory, you can partner with others creatively. There's all kinds of great solutions to go forward, but you can have multiple Amazon accounts that are thriving with the PPP model because you help these other folks set up. Did you help them set up their own Amazon account? I did. Yeah. They knew nothing. They knew nothing about Amazon. Zero. But they had a great product. So you're a commission-only sales rep now selling on the Amazon platform. That's the basic model, right? That's right. That's right. And you know, he had a great product. We you know, you talk about relationships. You know, we literally met on a carpet circle teaching fourth graders at church, you know, I just left my job and we were having a conversation and come to find out he was a manufacturer for a product for a very large company. I won't name it, but he was a manufacturer for it. And I just said, and he knew a lot about dealing with China and all that. And so I was like, Hey, can I just take you to lunch? Which is another thing I would tell people the best way to get advice, take people to lunch, pay for their lunch, pay for their coffee, like ever eat alone. Right. Yeah, man. It's so good. (laughs) And so, uh, met this guy for lunch. I thought I was just going to, you know, ask him questions. You know, you never know where things will lead. It wasn't even, you know, a a partnering deal wasn't even on the table. It wasn't even in my brain. And as we're talking, he's the one that brought it up. He's like, Hey, could you take this and do this? And so we kind of, you know, started forming this deal. So, you know, um, so basically I've actually helped him create his own side brand, his own company, his own brand, did all his graphic design for him. So that was a whole nother thing. I was able to create another source of income in addition to doing, doing all the Amazon stuff. And, um, and we, we finally got the products, you know, launching, um, at the end of this, this past year. And we're going to do very, very well uh, in that in that partner. How's it going so far? Like, share some numbers with us. Yeah, so uh, we really only had. Unfortunately, we didn't have the products hit until middle of December. I'm trying to remember how much uh, we sold in December, but we just finished January, which is probably going to be our lowest month. I think we did six thousand dollars in sales, which is not astronomical. But your first full month, right? First first full month, you know, and it's probably going to be the lowest month, especially for that category. Sure. Um, it's going to be the lowest month of the year. So, I mean, I think probably, um, you know, uh, you know, for me, uh, I don't know, I guess I could share this, you know, I'll probably make 30 to $40,000 in commission from that per year. Um, and, and that's, that's just a, I almost consider that my side hustle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? it, it's just a matter of replenishing the inventory when it's low. Yep. Maybe creating a few new SKUs, new few new ASINs over time. Yeah, and we yeah we have some ideas of taking the same technology that he has and making new products. So there there's a lot of like room to grow there. And um, sure, maybe get his own Shopify site at some point. Yeah, and he does he does the manufacturing really, really well, and he doesn't know anything about what I do, and it works perfectly. So we're wired differently. We love working together. You know, he, he's, he's older than me, so he's got some experience in business I can learn from as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's been a good thing for sure. Yeah, that, that has so much potential behind it, that story you just shared. And again, this is a relationship business. You may think you're selling random widgets to random strangers. That's not 
how this works. It's a relationship business at every stage. Well, yeah. To, so fill me in on the the other side of your business. You kind of couch that as a side hustle, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got rabbit trail like we thought we would. <laughs> yeah. So Jay, like, let me let me kind of back up. So you know, started started doing coaching, and my first first five months um, with coaching, I ended up doing fifty thousand dollars in sales. Um, and this is just on the side. You know, I'm working full time, and so that by far exceeded my expectations. Um, it, it it really was at that point that I realized that I could like, I needed to start thinking about like, at what point down the road, like, could I get to that? I could step out of, you know, vocational ministry, what I was doing. Um, and, and, and then do that full time. And it just happened to that. Um, we were doing a lot of reorg in our organization and on our team. I love the team I work for. I love my, my old boss. Um, we actually had, coffee this week. I mean, we have a great relationship. Um, and, uh, you know, if I was going to step out of ministry, I always want, I didn't want to be burned out. I didn't want to be frustrated and be angry. I wanted to be healthy and it was just a really healthy time, but I just knew like I was getting a new, I was getting a new role that was going to be double what I was doing plus a new boss. And so it was just, you know, I hadn't built up the income fully yet, but we had some savings that we felt comfortable with taking a year to really focus and, and, and jump hard. And I have been successful with the season we were in. So again, don't recommend that for everybody. Um, you know, but I definitely knew it was the right season for me. And, um, so took a step out, you know, uh, so at this point, um, I had from nothing to, you know, knowing nothing to this point, it was seven months. Um, and so did $50,000 in sales that, that part of that year. And then, you know, went, uh, into 2020 had no idea, obviously like everyone else that COVID was going to happen. Um, and so, you know, we hit the ground, hit the ground running it, you know, in January of 2020 and then, you know, uh, but March, middle of March, March 14th, man, it was like, it went from X to zero and my, and my account, you know, just cause we weren't in grocery or household, you know? And, um, and so it was a little, it was like, all right, God, what, what are you doing here? And, you know, so for about three days, I was kind of like paralyzed a little bit. I was kind of like, all right, what, how do we need to think about this? And, um, you know, I finally got to the point where I was like, all right, I can either sit here and dwell about this, or I can try to figure out how do I take this, what's going on and use it to my benefit. I think it's a Jim Rohn thing. You can focus on the loss yeah, or you can focus on the lesson. Yeah. You know, or and uh, Dan Miller is the one who I heard say very early on when challenge hits, what does this make possible? Versus, oh no, I'm in a terrible situation. What does this make possible? That's where that warrior spirit's got to kind of well up inside of you. And that's where I don't, I, I don't know how people do it without God. That's where I turned. I love that you said like, okay, God, I, I, I'm a steward, right? You know, this is all your stuff. You put me in charge. What's the plan? <laughs> yep. You didn't tell me this was coming. What's the plan? Right? Yep. And then there's those, I let those ideas flow in and, and that's when your relationships kick in and the people you can call and, Hey, I, I need some creative ideas here. Let's kick it around. You don't want to wait till you're desperate to build relationships. You lean on those relationships you've been building during the good times and those people kind of pull you through. Yeah. So what'd you do, man? You hit zero after riding high. Yeah. So we were basically kind of around zero for about 45 days. Um, as you know, Amazon was, you know, battling like everybody else was trying to figure out the pandemic. And, you know, I think, you know, they were doing everything that they could. And, um, you know, I also love hearing stories about people who were doing, you know, uh, you know, replans and stuff like that. Like I have a good friend, Jessica, who's part of this group and, um, and she did really well during that season, which is awesome, you know? Um, but yeah, so we just kept, we kept, going forward with just keeping our minds active and just thinking about, you know, I was just thinking about ideas and just continue to do research versus let my mind kind of kind of travel. And little did I know I had done a test product that ended up um, before COVID hit um, that ended up doing very, very well coming right out of those 45 days. Um, actually June was my biggest uh, second biggest month of the month of the year. Um, and so, you know, once that hit, we knew we were just kind of off to the races. And so, um, to kind of talk about numbers. So, um, you know, my projection was to try to do for 2020 was to try to do $208,000 in sales. Like that was my goal. 
Um, and, um, and even with that 45 days down, um, we did, we were right at 300,000 for the year. That's awesome. So 2020, and as we're recording this, we're in just into February, 2021. So the most recent full year for you was $300,000, even with a 45 day hit. Yeah. Now, is that including working with your buddy? This side? No, because you weren't making money from that yet, right? Just your Amazon account. Yeah. Yeah. So this was just my Amazon account. Um, so that was separate. I also, you know, like you've always, I really took to heart what you've said so many times on podcasts is, you know, multiple streams of income. And so um, I actually started doing health coaching on the side. My wife and I went on a health journey uh, last year and uh, I lost 54 pounds last year during all this. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Wow. So yeah. you look like a guy who's been fit for a long time, man. You lost 54 pounds. <laughs> <I appreciate> that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really actually, you. actually, the day that we're recording this is one year since we uh, took a step for our health, my wife and I. So, wow. Yeah. So, so if you had to elevate or pitch me on what you did, what changes you made, I'm guessing diet and exercise, right? So, you know, but fill me in. Like, what did you guys do? Yeah, we, we, yeah, we did a program uh, through some friends of ours and, um, and uh, you know, it's really around nutrition, you know, um, you know, uh, and learning healthy habits, long-term healthy habits. Um, so, so yeah, that was, you know, really that's, that was the focus. And now we're into the gym and, you know, all that stuff. I tell everybody, Hey, it's 90% nutrition, 10% movement. I don't even call it exercise, but you know, um, I like to say you, you can't outrun the fork. So, you know, <laughs> you, you know, that's good. Not to step any toes out there. I'm, I'm big into health and fitness and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I know you're a runner, right? eat, you know, but I, cause I, I feel like I got to stay sharp. I got too much to do. I got to stay sharp. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, so, but I, but I, I eat, I eat things I definitely shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guilty. Sure. All of, yeah. I think all of us are, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, um, it, so anyways, we, we ended up doing, uh, I ended up doing health coaching on the side just to bring in. So I, and I've always been wired like that. I love spinning multiple plates. Like if I right. just did just Amazon only and I didn't do the PPP or I didn't do the health, like I just, that's Tom wired. I like spinning these plates. Um, it keeps me active. It keeps my brain thinking in multiple places. So, um, I could, I grow my Amazon business a lot faster if I just focus on that one thing. Absolutely. I think I absolutely could. Um, I just prefer to kind of live in this world of multiple streams and spinning plates and, you know, I feel really good about where we're at. If my account were to get shut down for whatever reason, I don't think that's going to happen, but it, who knows, you know? Yeah. The, the odds are pretty slim, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But you hit on the reason that I'm such a big, that I make such a big deal about multiple streams. It comes from my eBay days. It was pounded into those of us who've been doing this for, let's say more than 15 years on the e-commerce. It doesn't get our heart rate up anymore to see stories where platforms just wipe a bunch of people out for some random reason. Who knows why? It happens. Yeah. These are privately owned companies, privately owned websites, and they can wake up one day and decide they don't like you. And whatever reason, they can take that away. So we leverage those platforms during the time that we're able to. Now, I'm very bullish on the future of the Amazon platform. I've talked with senior vice presidents at Amazon, guys that work directly under Bezos and heard from their heart their sentiment towards third-party sellers. They need us. Yeah. They, they really like what we bring to the table, which is a whole bunch of money that they wouldn't have otherwise. They don't know how we do what we do, but they sure like when we do it. And the future is us. That's the only part of their operation that they can't fully control. So there's a little resistance, a little tug of war there. But we put a lot of money in the bank for those guys and we fuel that engine in a way that no other... They couldn't hire the hundreds of thousands of people needed and pay them well to do what we do because we take on risks that they're not willing to take on. And yeah. there's the opportunity. So the future is very bright, but at the same time, yeah, multiple streams of income. And I love the ones that you've identified. And I think the, the important thing though to keep when we talk about multiple streams is one thing I like to keep in mind I got this advice from Daniel Lappin. I was running the whole concept of multiple streams, which is a biblically sound concept, by the way, but I won't launch into that right now. But he said, it's important that all of your tributaries are flowing into the same stream and all your streams are flowing into the same river and your river is flowing into the same ocean. And what he meant by that was they're complementing each other, even in some small, slight way. They're not completely different universes because you want to kind of be known as the guy who's good at X, ultimately, at the end of the day. 
So you're kind of known as the, and it's okay to have a few blanks there, but you don't, but someone who's good at a bunch of things is good at nothing is the point. So if you're thinking, I'm going to be good at 18 different things, that's what it means to have multiple streams. That's not what it means. You're good at a couple things. In fact, you're one of the best ever at one specific thing and you tack other little things onto that. That's vital because you want to be known. You want your name to mean something to people like, oh, that's the healthy guy that knows how to sell things online, right? Like you want that thought little micro thought people have like, he's really good at, and that's his arena, right? And you let your streams flow out of that. You don't want to go start a dog groomer in the daycare and you know, <laughs> kind of bounce all over the place. That's not multiple streams because you can't really pin uh, an expertise label to that is the visual I use. Yeah, yeah. It helps you. Yeah, yeah. Listeners. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I think with, with me, with the multiple streams, like there are things that don't take up my entire time. Like there are small pockets of time um, that hopefully are generating a good amount of income for my quote unquote hourly, hourly rate, you know, right. If I have one, you know, um, I kind of put that through the filter now, um, you know, because my time is worth a value of some of a dollar amount, you know, yeah, uh, from what I can do with, with my Amazon business, for instance, you know, yeah. Well, that's how you decide when it's time to automate too. You know, the value, understanding the value of your time and, you know, yep. if I can have someone step in and do those jobs for $10 an hour when I'm worth 60 an hour, it starts to make sense, right? Oh, I was just going to say like, you know, that's a great segue because around the time I got to with coming out of COVID, like I was, you know, I was counting widgets, putting them in things and, and all that stuff. And I was like, I'm going to do this as long as I can do it until it's like, I can't do it anymore. Like it's, it's my time value is, is not in the right spot, you know? And so, um, and so that's when I actually, um, hired a high school student who lives in our neighborhood. Um, he's at home cause he can't go to school, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and so he works for me eight hours a week. Um, you know, and he does all my inventory, all my shipping, everything, um, and, uh, it's, it's been awesome. And that's a great education. Oh yeah. And it was funny cause around Christmas time, it probably had been several months since I actually put tape on a box and I was like, Oh, I, I got to remind myself how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I would say it's a great education for him too. That's a great opportunity for him to see the entrepreneurial vantage point. You, just, you don't get that in the public school system. You just right. don't, you've, you've got to get out there and get into a business and yeah. Kind of get a feel for what it means to, to, you know, make stuff happen. Yeah, for sure. So that's for good. Sure. He's going to, he's going to benefit greatly from that. Yep. Yep. So that's, that's been good, you know, and then, you know, being home, we, we finally were able for my wife to uh, leave her part-time job and come home and she's doing a business of her own on the side. Um, and then, you know, we do a homeschool hybrid, um, you know, our kids go to school two days a week and then homeschool three days a week, which we were already doing before COVID, but, um, you know, we're doing that now. And so, you know, I see my kids all the time. I love it. I have three girls, uh, you know, four, six and nine, you know, and we're very family oriented. And so, you know, this business has given me truly amazing flexibility. I mean, more flexibility than we've ever had as a family. Um, you know, um, if we want to go to the lake, we can go to the lake, you know, um, you know, we want to go visit grandparents, we can go visit them. And, you know, it's been, that's been probably the biggest thing that has been so, um, amazing, um, about the seat that we're getting to sit in right now. Yeah. I called it there for a while. I called it weather, weather-based parenting, weather-based family strategy. Meaning if it was supposed to be sunny today, and it's raining. Oh, we're not going to the zoo today. Daddy's going to work hard <laughs> in his yeah. office. You wake yeah. up the next day. It's supposed to be raining, but it's sunny. Hey, look at this beautiful day. Let's go to the zoo, guys. So you're like, yeah, what's the weather doing today? That kind of dictates your family's schedule and calendar. As long as I get the hours that I need in the office, it doesn't matter what time it is on the clock. You can run your business very flexibly. And it, and it never gets old, man. I've had this for 18 years, but saying, here's my business right here in my pocket. Put me anywhere yeah. on the planet. It goes with yeah. me. If I've got an internet connection, you can even smash this phone and smash my laptop if you want. If I've got a connection to the internet and if I can remember my ID and password to get into all the stuff I got to get into, might have to reset a few passwords. That's the worst case scenario. You could take it all. And, and I have evidence of that. I mean, we, we had a total loss house fire in the summer of 2017. 
everything I had, equipment-wise, records, everything was gone. And my business grew in the coming months. Now, it was highly stressful for many other reasons. And that's a story for another day. It was really brutally difficult. But for the business, I was blown away. It just because I leaned on my team, I had to lean on them and trust them a whole lot more than I would have otherwise, you know. But that, but once once I did that, I kind of realized, wow, I've got some people around me that really a lot of competence and a lot of confidence and a lot of abilities, and I really wasn't needed. It was kind of freeing, actually, to experience. But yeah, it's a great feeling; it never gets old, man. That flexibility of schedule, that freedom, that liberty—I mean, that's what people are ultimately. You know, wanting when they say, I want to have a home-based business. They want to have the freedom to do what they want, to support the causes they want to support, to go where they want to go, when they want to go there, be able to take their kid to the appointments they need to go to, not have to you know, drop their kids off here and there and everywhere else, you know, relying on other people to help and watch and babysit, like have them all under the same roof. That's a blessing, man. Your girls are going to benefit in a huge way from that. So congratulations on that achievement, man. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I can go pick them up from school, you know, um, we kind of trade off and, you know, usually Mondays when it's nice out, like I pick them up, I take them to the park, you know, um, sometimes when they're playing with their friends, I might have my iPad looking at stuff, but I don't have to, you know, and, uh, you know, like you said, like, you know, if, if the weather's nice or whatever, like even my wife was like, Hey, we're going to be going to the Georgia aquarium on Friday. I'm like, well, I'll just clear my schedule and I'll be there. You know, yeah. bump a couple things around. Let's go. Exactly. I'm hoping if I keep you long enough on this podcast episode that the girls might come flying in because you you're they're due home from school here. Not too long ago. If I remember I think, right. <laughs> I think, I think they're at target. I'm, I'm hoping, oh no. I'm, sorry. I'm hoping they're learning how to replan. <laughs> oh, well your wife is your wife trained on replans. No, she's not, but oh. You totally could losing money, man. You're just burning cash. Target is, uh, Target I know. is a great place without a replan. Uh, well, you know, they, they say every hour that somebody's in Target, they spend a hundred dollars. Really? I've never heard that. <laughs> I saw a, uh, I, what was that sign? There's actually a Facebook group on, uh, that got started up. It was husbands of Target wives or something like that. It was like a support <laughs> group for guys whose wives spend so much time at Target. It's hilarious. It's all done in jest, of course, but great pictures. One of the guy standing in the parking lot with a cardboard sign is like, please help me. My wife's been in there three hours. <laughs> it's great. It's awesome. But, uh, uh, we're diverse. We're diverting off. I, you never shared with us the, uh, the numbers of your heavy, the FBA business. I know you did 300 in 2020 and we're just, you know, 30 days into 2021, but what are your numbers looking like for this upcoming year? What do you, what do you yeah. got in store? And, and what business model are you using? Is this all still primarily private label? Yeah, it's all private label. I kind of like to live there. Um, it's just, uh, I enjoy it. Um, I guess I seem to just kind of understand it. So I think, um, you know, I, I feel pretty confident we're probably going to be in the $450,000 to $500,000 range this year. Um, we had a really strong January. Um, already blew past our projection for January. And January is usually our lowest month. And, you know, I'm also working on trying to get my margins higher. Um, we, we, we had good margins. I would say we had okay margins. Well, I would say they're good, but I definitely think we can do better this year. So, you know, I learned a lot last year, you know, I was still learning some things about ads and that kind of thing for my private label products, you know, but, um, you know, we finished the year with a 36% margin. Um, but I think we can do close to closer to 40 this year. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of chasing after that as well. And so we, we had a really strong margin, you know, for January compared to last year. So, um, so I'm excited about that and we're continuing to do a lot of product development right now. That's kind of the season right now where we're kind of really focusing on that a lot. Um, so yeah, so I feel really good. I feel, I feel like, you know, it, if I could, my dream is if we could grow 150 to $200,000 in sales a year. Um, year over year, that would be awesome. So, oh, I think you'll more than do that. I think you'll more than do that. That's a very, that's a very reasonable goal. But with the skill set that you have now, uh, and what you bring to the table, I mean, you, yeah, you've, you're easily sitting on that plus a whole lot more. So, I think you've got some conservative estimates of what you're capable of in this next upcoming year for sure. Um, and I'm very bullish on the whole replan opportunity, simply because the world. You know, when the history books are written 20 years from now about the five-year period we're living through just beginning right now, the economic shift from traditional shopping, going to the store, 
to online shopping and e-commerce, and re- which still only represents 10% of all economic activity in the United States. Retail opportunities, only 10%. It, well, it jumped up to about 14 or 15 like that. We took a five-year leap forward in the past six months. But there's just so much opportunity there. The stuff that's just sitting on the shelves, those $5 bills, you can bring them home and send them to Amazon and they become you know, $40 suddenly. It's just like, wow, they're everywhere. So that's a huge opportunity that you or anyone else can tack on to your business uh, very easily. It's just yeah. low-hanging fruit. And then there's continuing private label momentum, your PPP model. Uh, I, think, I think your challenge is going to be building a team because I know you like to wear a lot of hats, but you want to be decreasing the number of hats you're wearing over time, not increasing, <laughs> right? As you add streams. And I, I love building teams and I, you know, I do it until I'm like, all right, now I really got to hire somebody. I got to hand it off. And, um, and so... Let me ask you about that for a second because I'm curious. I have an observation that I typically make when someone... As entrepreneurs, we do tend to delay bringing on help as long as possible. We claw and then we bring someone in. What's been your experience when you do finally cross that? Do you find yourself thinking, I probably could have waited longer? Or do you find yourself thinking, why didn't I do this a year ago or something else, something in between? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, I think for me, like, you know, when I hired, you know, um, my high, the high schooler that comes and works for me, like, you know, um, we were in a unique season because COVID was going on. So like, we really didn't know how sales were going to be. They weren't, it, it was, it was hard to project. Right. So we didn't really know. I think if we were in a normal year, I probably would have done it sooner. Um, but because we, there was so much unknown, um, I kind of waited a little bit longer. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it has drastically freed up my time, um, to, you know, to do that. And, um, you know, the more I can continue to do that, you know, um, you know, even with, uh, you know, bringing on more, I mean, eventually I'm going to have to, you know, and, um, but right now it's definitely manageable. Um, for me, it's, um, you know, um, I'm not spending full time on my Amazon business, you know? Um, and so, so yeah, it's, it's, I think it was just unique for us because of the COVID situation. Um, but, but I, I'm, I'm a numbers guy. I like to really break it down. Like what, you know, what, what is it costing me? Like, per hour, you know, versus this versus that. And that's just how my brain kind of works. So when I knew that my, my time in could be making a lot more per hour, if I was spending it over here, um, and hiring somebody, um, you know, that's a no brainer, you know, um, I, I see a lot of times, you know, even in the Facebook group, people will post in there like, Hey, I'm at this point, like, you know, how do I keep making it grow bigger? And I mean, the answer is always the more you can multiply your team, you know, the faster you can grow. My, my friend, Jessica, um, she's kind of at that stage right now. She finally pulled the trigger on hiring some people. Um, she does, she does, you know, OA and RA and replans. Um, actually, you know, it's kind of crazy. I called her up like maybe a month into coaching and I said, Hey, I know you're looking for something. I know how you're wired. I think you need to go check out this guy's podcast. And so, so I did. And so she, I said, Hey, if you go listen to three podcasts, come back and you're still interested, I'll kind of give you next step. So kind of did that. And she, I mean, she's a coaching student. I think she was with Larry and wow. Sue. That's so cool. So you turned her on to our podcast. I appreciate it. Man. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then she, she's done, you know, her and her husband did pack and they have done exceptionally well. We, we talk about four times a year and kind of catch each other up because she doesn't really know fully my side of the business. I don't really know her full side of the business. So we, 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 we love sharing that stuff. That's fantastic. Wow. I love it. So, but we, we can share strategies on, you know, how do we train people and all that kind of stuff. Sure. You know, There's some overlap there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's beautiful. Yeah. That this whole community basically is, you've just described, you know, a little micro bit of how this community has just exploded out to where there's people meeting people and doing deals and partnerships and, um, I think, I think it all kind of comes back to, for me, uh, this is another Daniel app and I share wisdom from him all the time because he's really, he's, he's dove into the Bible and pulled some things out that I didn't know was there. But one of the things that he pulled out early on that really had a great deal of influence on my entire business strategy was if all I know about somebody, I've never met them, never seen them, skin color, irrelevant, age, irrelevant, 
male, female, who cares where they live in the world? No one cares. If all I know about them is they started a company and they kept it running successfully over a long period of time, profitable, right? The customers like their product basically. And they've been able to sell it at a profit. That's the only thing I know about that person. It's a very safe bet that you're dealing with a very high quality individual who's running that operation. Not 100% true, but like 99.9% true. That if you've, if you, that's all I know about you is you've run a profitable business for an extended period of time. I don't even know that it was wildly profitable. I'm just saying you're able to turn dollar bills into $5 bills over an extended period of time serving happy customers. That's all I know about you. Sign me up. So we built our whole team that way. Our coaches, for example, you know, in some cases are people I've never met. Well, Jim, what's your hiring process for coaches? Are you succeeding? Do you have a business that's succeeding over a sustained period of time? Check that box. Well, I know about 95% of what I need to know. Now I just need to know, do you have a teacher's heart? And that's pretty easy to identify too through a few, maybe there's some secret sauce in that. I won't dive into it. If you got a teacher's heart and you're succeeding in business, you will be a phenomenal coach. So we don't need a lengthy interview process at that point. That's a, that is a big advantage for us because we bring on these amazing high quality individuals with no interview process whatsoever, except they're succeeding wildly themselves and they have a teacher's heart. That's it. So I look at a guy like you and even before this podcast, if you ever wanted to get into coaching, there's opportunity there because you've succeeded. Obviously, you've got a teacher at educator's heart because you've done that. You've done ministry. You've built teams. If it's something you want to do, it's sitting there, low-hanging fruit. Another one of these little tributaries or streams that feeds into this guy, Ben, who is the the health guy who understands e-commerce, right? That's Ben. It feeds right into it. So just throwing that out there, but that's how we operate around here. And that's a big, big advantage to understand that dynamic. And with your relationship with, you said, Jessica, that's what you guys have in common now, that business connection. That's a powerful connection. Right? It's one of the strongest friends, friendships you can have in the world are people you build things with. And we're, you're seeing that play out. So I think you guys should connect more often. That's my instinct. Four times a year is not that. Once a month, get a team. Two of you, a couple other people, brainstorm, shape each other's businesses, ask each other hard questions. That would be time well spent. Call it a mastermind, right? Just blow it up. Well, what else you got to, got to, got to uh, share with us, Ben? Any other lessons or tips from, the, from your story? Anything else that you want to drop on the listeners before we start to land this one? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because I would listen to the podcast early on and I would, you know, hear people say, you know, they'd be kind of where I'm at today, like a year and a half in. And they're like, man, it's hard for me to think about my early days. <laughs> it was like, oh, was just a year and a half ago, you know? And and so I, I really did have to think about my early days. And, um, you know, I, I was like, hey, if, if, if somebody's listening to this, you know, and they're just starting out and they're trying to figure out like how to get going or, you know, how to, you know, am I doing the right direction or what do I, what steps do I need to take? You know, I think for me, the biggest thing is, uh, and I talk about this with any kind of goals, whether it's business goals, health goals, doesn't matter, any kind of goals, family goals, marriage goals, you know, you got to have a why and you got to have a strong why and, and you got to write it down. Um, I think, I think when we see it in front of us, you know, write it on a sticky note, put it on your dashboard when you're driving to work every day, preferably not over your speedometer, but you know, put it, put it on there, you know, write it on your mirror with a dry erase marker in your bathroom. You know, like I've done that before, you know, like just keeping it in front of you, I think writing it down. So I think having a strong why is, is really important. Um, you know, fight when it's hard. You know, I think anytime you start something new, um, it's gonna, it's gonna be hard. You know, I saw, I saw a funny, uh, it's funny, but it's true is so many people, how often did you start a Netflix series that that they said, "Hey, listen, you just got to push through the beginning because it gets better." <laughs> right. Okay, right. and you start doing that, but it's that's the same thing with starting a business. It's so hard, and but it gets better. But you have to push through the beginning. Yeah, and I kind of call it the desert. You know, like, mm-hmm. and other people have gone through the desert before you. You know, and and so you're not doing anything no one else has done. And right. You got to learn, learn from those people, like ask people, be, be humble, be teachable, try to, try to just learn from as many people as you can, but 
but be consistent. And I think this is actually Gemini, you and I connected on Facebook through this. I had posted this on somebody's thing, but I literally put this quote on a board um, when I was um, when I was journeying in the beginning. It was in our kitchen. It was one of those little letter boards, you know. And it was literally, uh, it's not what you do occasionally, but what you do consistently that brings success. Oh, that's good. And and so like. I just knew I had to put in my schedule consistently. I'm going to wake up at five. I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to work after the kids go to bed. I'm going to actually do it even when I'm tired, you know, and I've heard you talk about this. You know, I didn't watch Netflix or TV for seven months. Like, you know, I just went and I just worked on this business and it was tiring. I was tired, but I knew if I just fought in the beginning, you know, that it would get easier or I was hoping it would. I was buying into all the successful people, listening to them. This, I mean, everybody in the podcast had just had the same generic story. It was different, but it was the same that's right. constant thing. And so um, that's what kept me going, listening to those podcasts, hearing those stories over and over, but that kept me fighting. So I would just say, mm. hey, be consistent, put in the work. You know, this isn't a get rich quick business. There's no it's get not. rich quick businesses, you know, but but if you put in the work, it gets much easier on the other side. It's much okay. easier when it gets going because it just clicks, you know? Yeah. It, it, for some reason, I'm thinking of, uh, you know who Roger Bannister is by any chance? Uh-uh. He was the first guy to do a four-minute mile, and which was thought at the time it couldn't be done, right? It was basically... Oh, I, yeah. I know yeah, you're talking about this before. It would, it would kill a man to even attempt... And after he finished the four minute mile, he actually fell out of exhaustion and, and jubilation. At, and, and the reporters on the scene were writing, already starting to write the head like he died. Just like the doctor said he would, he died. He did it, but he died. <laughs> no, he was just laying there exhausted and exhilarated. He got up and ran a victory lap after that. But the number of people now, I mean, there's probably a high school within five miles of, of you where there's a kid or two that's run a four-minute mile since then. Up until that point in human history, no one had. And it's not that we're more genetically advanced now. That's actually been proven. I watched a great video on, we're not genetically more advanced now. It's not like our athletes are any stronger. We've got better equipment, better training, you know, better surfaces on our track. The Olympics were ran on sand, you know, up until 50 years ago. So, you know, they were running on sand. Of course, you're going to be a little slower on these gritty surfaces. But the point was, once someone did it, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy for you to do it. But you have this thought in your head now, like it's doable. It's doable. And that's why I love bringing on people like I call them excuse killers. And like part of your story today killed a few excuses that someone might have out there. That person that says, well, I got three young kids at home. I, I can't do I, I can't possibly do this. You've got three young kids at home, <laughs> right? Or I've got a full-time gig going on and I, you know, I need my entertainment at night. No, you don't. You can, you can find some time. You can carve that time out. So you've killed some excuses intentionally or not. And that's what I think is the power of this. And that's why this, this podcast has kind of taken on a... Most of our episodes have this common theme because you can listen to me over and over and over and over again. You may not go anywhere because it, oh, it's Jim again. But you get these different people with different perspectives and they start killing off your excuses. And all you're left with is the, the person in the mirror saying, where's your excuses, man? Let's do this. <laughs> There's no more excuses. I've met 10 people now who have less advantages than you do, less education, less time, less budget, less ability, less education, more kids, less time on their hands to, to tackle this, you know, uh, less ambition maybe even than I have. And they're doing it so I can do it. So that's why I love these podcast episodes of, with different guests and their stories. And uh, you shared some brilliant stuff. But yeah, that, that Roger Bannister example popped in my head. Because we're not saying, I love the desert analogy. It, it, you're have, going to have to go through a period of intense focused effort. You could do it in a week. Those people blow my mind. They buy the proven Amazon course, we call it the PAC, the proven Amazon. And two weeks later, they're posting sales. Like, I wasn't that ambitious about this thing when I started. You can cram it into two weeks if you want. You can stretch that over three to four months, six months if you want. But it's going to be some intense focused effort in there. Some doing what needs to be done because it needs to be done, even when you don't feel like it. <laughs> which is a great skill to pound into your kids while they're young. I don't feel like it. That doesn't matter. Nobody cares how you feel right now. This is what has to happen. <laughs> it's a great skill for life. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it really is. And when it comes to this business, like with Amazon, like because of this group, 
it's 80% mindset, 20% doing like you just have to have, you just have to have the mindset. And if you have the mindset, this group can teach you how to do this business hands down. I mean, a hundred percent, you will succeed. I believe that. Like if you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to have the 80% mindset and you're willing to, to do the work, like you can get there. You know, I have heard so many stories on this podcast, you know, from people, um, I can't remember the gentleman's name. You probably could say it off the top of your head. The one who he didn't have any money to start. So he went and Ubered to start getting, getting Uber money. And then, you know, and he had a two hour commute to work every day. Like, I mean, talk about excuses. Like he eliminated just about every excuse in the book. Or you get Carolyn from Homeless to Homeowners, the title of her book, Carolyn McFall from Homeless to Homeowners. She was in a woman's shelter running from an abusive, abusive spouse with her kids in tow with no income. <laughs> That's the start yeah. of her story. Who here has more disadvantages than that right now? Not very many of us listening. But if you do, hey, be that great example. You've got, you've got a long way to rise. I love uh, uh, my third reference to Daniel Lappin. But, you know, I love... Yeah, he makes the observation that we're the only part of God's creation that can wake up one day and say, I don't like where I'm at. I'm going to do something different and make, take myself somewhere better. You know, your dog can't do that. <laughs> you know, you can't, the dog can't go on a self-improvement journey, but we can, as people, we can decide, I'm going to, I'm going to eliminate these parts of what I do in my routine that I don't like. I'm going to have these new things in that, I, that, that enhance my relationships and take me to a better place you've got the decision-making power to do that. Take advantage of it, right? Love it. Good episode today, man. Good episode. I think you've got a, I've got, I think you've got a leadership future in you. Uh, I say that often. Business success is a leadership journey. You can't escape it. You're going to be an example for people who are out there frustrated and flustered and haven't figured it out and haven't succeeded in business. And just hearing that you have makes you instantly a leader in their mind. So you've got that platform, you've got that leadership, but you've got that teacher's heart as well. And I can't wait to see where you're going, man. I'd love to see your beautiful family just suddenly burst into their own too. They're not, they're not, to they're not here. They're not here yet. <laughs> that would be... <laughs> Excuse me. That would be a true delight for the for the listeners, I'm sure, and the viewers. This is a YouTube episode. If you're listening only, by the way, guys, the link will be in the show notes. If you can, uh, if you want to see it, it'd be way more interesting. We'd have way more viewers with three beautiful girls and your wife running down the stairs. And but uh, oh well, I guess we're not going to get that today. <laughs> Usually, my youngest is is behind us, and you know, coloring and all yeah. that. And we, we actually we joke we color our coworker, and uh, and so you know, sometimes we post to family like, hey, you know social media would be like, Hey, our crazy coworker did this today. You know, right? exactly. She's the crazy one at the office, right? <laughs> oh yeah. She's so fun. Oh, that's great. I mean, what kind of job do you get to do where you get to do that? You know, no, we're blessed, man. We're, we're so incredibly blessed and I want that for others. It's been a while since I shared it, but the heart and passion that really drives me forward is bringing dads home. And I won't dive too much into that. I could do like a 45 minute presentation on why I think that's important Kids typically have a very tight relationship with their moms, kind of built in. And I'll, I'll share this story. I spoke to a group of young men here a few days ago, and I shared this story. Matt, I don't know if you've heard it or not, or sorry, Ben, um, but uh, maybe the listeners will benefit in some way. But you know, when I say bring dads home, why not bring moms home? Why not bring, you know, bring, here's why. The Hallmark, the card company, Hallmark, right? They went to a hardened penitentiary with hundreds of the worst criminals in our culture who are under lock, many of them doing life sentences. They went on Mother's Day and they said, hey guys, everybody send mom a card. 100% participation. True story. Every guy there sent a card to his mom. <laughs> and they thought, wow, that was a huge success. Let's do it again on Father's Day. And you know how many guys participated? 10%. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Zero. <laughs> None. The pile of cards didn't get touched. So when I say bringing dads home, that's what I'm talking about. Right, moms, you get it. You ladies, you grow up about the age of twelve. You're ready to be a responsible adult and take care of business and do things right and and straighten out that right man that's ready, you know, to be straightened out. You you guys get it, but man, if we can get dad under the roof in a lot of the problems we have as a culture, I argue, and <laughs> excuse me, this is where I kind of get off into the weeds a little bit, but I argue we could fix the vast majority of cultural issues we're facing if we had responsible men. <laughs> like, Come on, guys be a man, not a boy. Like that fixes a lot of problems. So we get a man under the roof with his wife and his kids. That's a powerful thing. 
that builds such a great foundation for the future of those kids. Uh, fixes a whole lot of potential problems they could run into. And I'm not saying you're a bad dad if you're not able to do that. You're, you're a good dad. You're a good mom. You're a good parent if you're providing for those kids and doing what you got to do to make ends meet. We applaud that. But it's a beautiful thing that's available to those of us who want to pursue it to be under the same roof, doing like what Ben's doing with his family. It's there for you if you want it. We're not going to judge you if you don't, but it's there for you if you want it, unlike any other time before. So that's what, that's what it's all about. And I'm sure I'm going to get a little bit of hate mail, but hopefully I inspired enough people too to make up for it. <laughs> you just never know how people are going to respond or, or misunderstand when you're speaking from the heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I could, I could probably grow my business even faster and harder, you know, but I just choose, you know, family, you know, and I work hard. I work very hard. Um, but I also love to play hard with my kids, you know, That's right. and, and so, you know, um, there's just certain sacrifices I'm not willing to do, but it's good for them to see dad working hard. You know, you got oh, three daughters, 100%. you want them, you are the measuring stick. That they're going to go out and find a dude like, wait, you're not a hard worker. You don't want your kids getting interested in some lazy bum, right? You want a hard worker. And that's what they've seen out of dad. So that's a great lesson for them to see you working hard. And I can't play right now. Sometimes I, you know, dad's got work. That's good. That's healthy. So great yeah. job, man. Great Thanks, job. Man. I seriously can't wait to meet your family. You guys are in Georgia. Our next event is in, uh, just drive down to Florida, man, if we're allowed to do it. Who knows? We've got to make those decisions. We're planning on being there. So beautiful. we were we were trying to be at the last one, obviously didn't happen. So we're, yep. we're hoping our whole family is actually going to come I down. I do know the next one's going to be huge. Wherever we end up doing it, every <laughs> event that's allowed to happen is going to be huge because people are ready that's to right. just be around people again. Unless we've lost all our social skills, that's actually a risk too. <laughs> a bunch of introverts in this community. It's so funny, these live events, uh, and I say this not just for you, for you and I, babe, but for the listeners too. Uh, I'd say we're about 70% introverts. Extroverts do great in business too, but introverts are kind of drawn to this, hey, I'm going to sit behind my computer and make money and I don't have to deal with people. At least that's what we think. We find out that's not true very quickly. But when we come to live events, these all these introverts are thinking, I'm the only one that's uncomfortable here. And it's like, no, about 70, 80% of us are very uncomfortable in a big crowd. <laughs> but we get through it. And by the end of it, we're like family every time. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing that happens. But um, well, I probably need to wrap this one up. This has been a good long episode, I think. But uh, a very, very good, packed full of practical and hopefully very motivational stuff. So good job, Ben. Thank you for that. Absolutely. So, so fun to to chat. We could probably chat for hours. <laughs> oh man, I'm sure we could. But uh, I've actually got another episode starting here in like, well, two minutes. <laughs> so I got to wrap this one up. But God bless all the business building warriors out there who are listening and who spent some time with us today. We're here for you. Don't forget the show notes, silentgym.com or just go near where you're watching this or listening to this video. You'll see links to everything we talked about today as well. Or send us an email too. If uh, we forgot anything, left anything out, happy to help you out. But to our guests, thank you today. To tell your wife and kids, thank you for loaning you to us and for, for staying at Target a little longer so we could have a quiet house. Although we'd love to have met them, that's okay. <laughs> but uh, God bless you and yours, Ben. And uh, for all the listeners, God bless the Business Building Warriors. We'll have another episode again real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.